0: My name's Simon, part of the leadership team here at Jubilee. Um, and uh, if you're visiting us again, as Raj has already said, it's great to have you with us. And uh, I'm going to be speaking um, from the Bible for the next few moments, uh, which we do almost every week at Jubilee. And at the moment, we're looking at the letter to the Philippians, which, finally the New Testament, the Bible is made up of all sorts of different writing. There's you know historical accounts, there's poetry, there's Prophecy, there's, there's, there's letters written like this. And so we're looking at this letter that's been written. And we're in chapter three, if you've got a Bible and you, you want to find it, but the words will be on the screen, don't worry. Um, it's a letter written by a guy called Paul. And he's writing to a church community in a place called Philippi, which is kind of modern day Greece, that kind of area now. And just, you've got to stay with me this morning. Please stay with me, because there are some big words, there's a few religious words, and some unusual language, but it's a letter that was written in the first century. So it's bound to have some kind of stuff that we find a little bit different, shouldn't it? Hey, even the way I talk, my my teenage daughter finds odd and weird, and that's only like a few years difference. Think about 2,000 years of difference. So bear with me this morning. Um, So... Philippians chapter 3, and if you are usually here on a Sunday morning, don't worry. We are going back to chapter 2 later uh, in this series. We're not going to miss it out, um, but we're here at chapter 3 this morning. So it says this. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, For it's we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Okay, so there we go. So you guys and girls who have been baptized, you didn't think I was talking about circumcision on your baptism morning, eh? If you've come and visited us this morning, you go home, what were they talking about at the service you went to this morning? <laughs> Circumcision? Uh, I, I, and I, I truly thought, you know, what shall I do with this passage? Shall I, maybe, maybe I should, should I, should I cut it out altogether? And then I thought that's probably an unfortunate phrase to use <laughs> when we're talking about that. But over the past few weeks, we've been looking at some of the big themes of this letter. We've been looking at how they're just as relevant to 21st century Side as they are to 1st century Philippi. One of those themes has been rejoice. Paul says it at the start of this passage. You know, whatever circumstances you might find yourself in, Paul is saying, do you know, there is a sense that you can, your life can be marked by a sense of joy, sense of happiness, sense of satisfaction. And in this passage, Paul's going to explain how joy, how happiness, how satisfaction can spring from what you decide is important in life, what you cherish in your life, even what you worship. You might be thinking, well, worship, that's what uh, religious people do, isn't it? Well, in reality, we all worship. I'm not just saying singing songs. That's not exactly what worship purely is. Actually, worship is what we hold most dear, what we really cherish and adore in our hearts. People can worship all sorts of things. It can be money. It can be image. It can be success. It can be family. It can be sport. Just as much as it can be God. What are the biggest worship centres, perhaps, if you think of it like that in Teesside? The Riverside Stadium and Teesside Park, potentially. They're big worship centres, week in, week out, as people go and are drawn to what they hold most dear and what they cherish. It's what we put our confidence in, where we draw our significance from. Because deep down, that's that's it, isn't it? We're, We're looking for significance we're looking for some kind of life that counts that's what we all want and in order to achieve that we put our confidence in all sorts of things something that we want we want something that will come through for us and that's the big theme of today well, what is your confidence in cuz that's what paul's saying to this church look you need to think carefully paul's saying about what you're putting your confidence in it really matters Paul is saying. And he warns them. He warns them quite seriously. He says, watch out for those people who come in and tell you, in order to be proper Christians, you need to do certain things. You see, the first people who were followers of Jesus were Jews. And up to that point, the thing that marked them out as God's special people, the thing that that they knew that God had committed himself to them and they were committed to him... The, thing, the sign that, commi- that they knew that was circumcision in men and in boys, c- cutting off a piece of skin from... Yeah, okay, we'll stop there. <laughs> there was an outward sign. They knew we're the people of God. He's given us this sign. And as Christianity spread and started, you started to get churches which were mainly made up of Christians who were not from a Jewish background, like here in Philippi, then they would find that some groups would say to them, well, do you know what? In order to be a proper Christian, in order to be fully accepted by God, you need to get circumcised. That's the sign you're in. Distressing, isn't it? I know. (laughs) (laughs) That will give you confidence. But it wasn't just... Just the circumcision, it was, and do this thing, and behave like this, and follow this rule. That will give you the confidence that you're in. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. That's like trying to add something on to faith in Christ. It's like trying to bolt something on the side of your new Christian faith. And he says this, he says, look, if you really want to know what I think, if you really push me, Paul says... It's us that are the real circumcised lot. We're, we're the ones who are really God's people. We're the, one, the ones who have put our faith in Jesus. Not in an outward sign of circumcision, but actually in an inward faith decision. And, and trying to add something onto that through circumcision is really, and this is where it gets a bit gruesome, it's just mutilating you the flesh. It's got no value. That's how strongly he feels about it. He's got no spiritual value. See, what you place your confidence in really matters. Paul knew this. He was a, he, Paul was like a top-mark religious, ethnic, and moral Jew. He tells us this, doesn't he? And he calls it his confidence in the flesh. It kind of has a double meaning. It kind of has that thing of, well, actually confidence in this, this kind of outward sign in my flesh, but also confidence in what my fleshy body can do, what I can achieve in myself, in who I am. And some of those things, actually, that we read aren't that foreign to us as we may first think. He says, circumcised on the eighth, eighth day, because that was like the special day that um, it, it would happen, of the people of Israel, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Listen, some of us can put our confidence in where we were born. I was born in England. I must be a Christian because I was born in England. We're all Christians, aren't we? My mum and dad were born in England. They baptised. They got me christened. Uh, And so I must be a Christian, mustn't I? Or maybe you're not from England. Well, I'm Persian. Don't you know? I have a rich history who I am I'm persian i'm Habisha. do you know i put my confidence in who i am and my um, historic people or we can have a confidence in our tribe as it were for paul he was like a tri- he was from the tribe of benjamin so you know you had in the in the people of israel you had these kind of different tribes that they were part of but all part of the same family you know you might draw your confidence from being middle class or being working class in upper class, you might draw your confidence from, well, I'm from the north or I'm from the south. If you're from an African nation here, from a particular African nation, you might draw your confidence from being from a particular tribe. You know, our tribe is the best. I'm confident because ours is the best not of them all. Paul was well educated. You know, maybe your confidence is in your education, in your achievements. I'm in all my top sets at school. I'm confident. I'm at university, don't you know? Or maybe my confidence is going to be in having a successful business career or being a successful tradesperson or whatever it might be. You may even draw your confidence from the way you live. Paul says he was very zealous to keep all the laws that he was meant to keep. And you can think, well, I'm living a good life. Do you know what? Give giving to charity. I'm doing good. I, I treat other people as I would as expect to be treated. Do you know what? I'm living a good life. I can be confident in that. See, all these things that where we look to put our confidence in, as I've already said, are often to kind of meet a desire for fulfillment, a desire for a significant life, a desire for a life that counts. And the TV and social media and the internet is full of people who we think they've put their confidence in these things and look, it's worked out for them. They've found significance. They've found success. The reality is, often the truth is the opposite. Listen to this quote from um, the pop star Madonna. This is from a few years back, but this is what she said. My drive in life comes from the fear of being mediocre that's always pushing me i push past one spell of it and discover myself as a human a special human being but then i feel i'm still mediocre and uninteresting unless i do something else because even though i have become somebody i still have to prove that i'm somebody my struggle has never ended i guess it never will what does madonna seem to be putting her confidence in well, if I'm a success, if I can prove something to myself. But deep down, I know it's probably not going to work. See, putting our confidence in these things, the reality is they will never cover that deep longing for significance, for satisfaction. They will always fail to deliver. But hey, here's the big difference between Madonna and the Apostle Paul. There's probably loads of differences. Look, here, here is, <laughs> Look, here, here it is. For Madonna, it's like, do you know what? The cycle's going to go on. It's just going to go on. The struggle will continue if she keeps believing in that same way. For Paul, Paul says, do you know what? I've brought, been brought to a place where, do you know what? I can't have any confidence any longer in the uselessness of The wrong things. And then he starts talking about his confidence in the language of accountancy, the language of money. Think of it like this. Think of it of your bank account. If you've got a bank account, you have credits, they're good things, aren't they? That's money coming in. And you have debits. That's money going out. We try and limit those, don't we? We try and make sure the credits are more than the debits. And and Paul is saying, you know what, all the things that I thought were in my credit column actually belonged in the debit one. And the, oh, I've come to realise that the only thing that I needed in my credit column, the only thing that mattered, was knowing God through Jesus. See, Paul had powerfully met Jesus in a very personal way. Listen, I... Our five friends who were baptised this morning, all in a very personal way, in a very different way, powerfully have met Jesus. They've come to know him. That's what we're celebrating this morning. They've come to know Jesus. And it's not like their baptism is adding something else into their credit column because they need this extra thing like, do you know what, if you want to be a real proper Christian, if you want God to really love you, then you need to be baptised no, no, it's not like that. And I'm not taking away the significance of baptism, as Raj was saying, because it's so significant. No, no, it's a declaration of what's happened. That they've, no, they've come to know this Jesus. They've come into their life. That their life has been transformed and now they live a new life in him. And Paul's saying that in coming to know Jesus, he's been given A righteousness. That's one of the words he uses. It sounds a bit of a religious word, but listen, it it just means this. Righteousness can be described as um, being in right relationship with the righteous God. See, no matter how much we put our confidence in the wrong things, no matter how much we try and stuff our credit column with other things, even the action of putting our confidence in the wrong things, God says, is sin. We can't make ourselves righteous, He says, and He uses another religious word. He calls it sin. He says, do you know what? You you can't on your own make yourself righteous. In fact, all you can do by trying to put yourself, put your confidence in other things, is sin. See, sin messes up things. Sin messes us up. Sin messes up our relationships with people around us. Sin, most of all, messes up our relationship with God. It messes up the relationship we were created to have. But our passage this morning says there is a way to be righteous. Paul says, I found a way. There's a way to be righteous. It comes to us when we put our confidence and our faith In Jesus. This Jesus who has come into the world. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas coming up, isn't it? God with us. Jesus who's come into the world experiencing all it meant to live the life we live. Giving up his life on the cross and taking all the sin, all the penalty of sin that we deserved, taking it on the cross. We sang a song, didn't we, this morning that said, Greater love no one has ever shown. That's what we see in the cross as Jesus gave his life. Greater love for you and I so that we could receive his perfect righteousness. It could be, His perfect righteousness could be put in our credit account, as it were. We're put right with a righteous God. But not only that, not only that, We get to know God. He says, I get to know Jesus. Do you know what What brings Paul real satisfying significance, a life that counts? He says it's the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. That's it. That's what's happened to these guys and girls who got baptised this morning. They found significance, surpassing worth in knowing Jesus. And do you know what's interesting, isn't it? I, I, I love this morning's baptism. It's interesting that all our people being baptised weren't cardboard cutouts of one another. They were all very different. All very different. But do you know what? God wanted to know them. And sometimes we count ourselves out. Sometimes we say, well, it's not, it's not me. I'm too different. God wouldn't want me. I'm too this, I'm too that. The reality is, he loves you and wants to know you. Just as we had that um, picture during the worship time of a a groom, a bridegroom, looking adoringly at the bride. That's how God looks at you. He loves you and wants to know you. No matter how much you try and count yourself out. Putting... Our trust, our confidence in anything else is garbage. That's the word Paul uses. He says it's like, i talked about circumcision, I'll talk about human poo. It's like human poo, Paul says. It's garbage. He says it's loss. I've almost finished. But I've just got one final story and uh, then we're going to pray and then we're going to sing a song of worship together. But I just want to finish with this Final story. Perhaps you watched the Rugby World Cup this year. Perhaps you're still reeling from the defeat in the Rugby World Cup. But you may have also come across uh, the South African captain, Siya Khaleesi, who grew up in a poor township in South Africa. His mother died at a very young age. um, And uh, he was kind of left in a lot of poverty... He knew a lot of loss in his life, but he had a love for rugby and eventually was given a scholarship um, uh, to kind of study and to play rugby. And he kind of rose and rose and rose and eventually, as we know, became the first black pair to captain the South African rugby team and lift the trophy as they became world champions just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he recently talked here about his Christian faith and a particular event that happened in his life. And he said this, something I was struggling with in my personal life was exposed to the public. Up to that point, everything I was fighting against was hidden, but when my sin was exposed, I knew I either had to change my life or lose everything. I decided to lose my life and find it in Christ see he realised he couldn't put his ultimate confidence in his success in his celebrity image or anything else he had to count all those things as loss and find it in Christ that's where his confidence could lie listen how about you have you come to know this Jesus? Have you come to put your trust in him? That's what we're talking about when we're talking about confidence. It's just a simple trust in him. See, there was a moment. There was a moment for the Apostle Paul. There was a moment for Sir Khaleesi. There was a moment for these people being baptised. There was a moment for many people in this room when they first did that. Perhaps that moment for you is today. Perhaps it's right now. Perhaps today he's saying, put your trust in me for the first time. Come and receive forgiveness. Come and receive all I have for you and all that it is to know me. I'm going to finish with a prayer. It's a prayer that you can find in this book called Why Jesus, which we have some copies of at the back. If you want to take one away, you are very welcome to, free of charge. It's on the welcome table. It's a very simple prayer I and mean, it, it may be the type of prayer that maybe some of those people who got baptized prayed. Maybe the type of prayer that Sia Khaleesi prayed. Who knows? But it's a prayer that's helped people to make that first step on their journey. I'm going to pray it. And uh, if you're praying that for the first time, just, just kind of echo it in your heart as I pray it. Come on, let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. I'm sorry for where I've tried to put confidence in all sorts of things. But I've come to realise found them as useless and found them as wanting. Please forgive me. I turn from everything I know that's wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. Thank you that you gave your life for me so that I could be forgiven, so that I could know forgiveness so that I could be declared righteous and free I thank you for your offer of forgiveness to me and I receive it now please come into my life and please send your Holy Spirit to be with me forever so that I might know more and more what it is to know you in my life. Thank you. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing um, a song of worship. And uh, we're going to take up-